Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cat Talk Radio. This is the podcast where we help you take better care of your cat and help you bond with your cat. Today, I have a very special guest, two very special guests. I have Janine and her son, Nathan, with us. And Nathan is an up-and-coming cat expert. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks for being willing to come on. So Janine emailed me and told me that that Nathan was learning all about cats and was just fascinated with how they descended and things like that. And I thought, you know, what a better thing than to have him come on the show and and tell everybody everything he's learned. So how, how why are you fascinated with cats, Nathan? Well, it's because I always like had kind of liked wild animals and I always liked wild cats, whether it was a lion or a tiger, or even if I looked at an ocelot, because we have an ocelot at our local zoo and it's not often seen, but there was once a baby ocelot like five years ago and it was a big deal. And also my mom had a cat before I was born and it had unfortunately had to get put down when I was born. Then seven years later, we got a cat. And that's great. <laughs> that's good. Now you just, you feel drawn to cats. Are you, the, are you the guy that goes to the zoo and wants to get to that tiger and lion and leopard exhibit right away? Uh, yeah, usually it's like when I, I'll just enter the normal things, but I usually try to, prioritize the time with the cat exhibits the most usually or sometimes it's with another animal but it's usually with the cats yeah me too i'm i'm that person i either save it for last because i like it the best or i want if i don't have a lot of time i want to go right there and see the cats first (laughs) so tell us what you learned about what our little house cats descended from so i learned that through Jackson Galaxy, mm-hmm. good cat behaviorist, that there's the common ancestor to the domestic cat is African wildcats, and they started to just come into people's homes in Egypt, and they were prized by Egyptian ancient Egyptian pharaohs. And they just started to come in closer because us, the Egyptians, these ancient Egyptians, had these crops and it was attracting all sorts of mice, which was prior, which was the prior first food by the African wildcat. And they started to come in, start coming closer and bond with the humans. And the people saw that and they decided to welcome them in. This was much after dogs were domesticated by humans, but they're still a very important pet to human society to this day, including in the past. Yeah. Now, do you think cats are domesticated? That was actually one of my questions coming in here. <laughs> Not fully. That's a good answer. Because if you think about it, 
when you think of a domestic dog and then it's full, fully domesticated, it's like doing all sorts of tricks. It has a lot of breeds for specific uses and it's really just a thing that people often do for their own benefits. Cats, they do that the same way, but it's usually not as prominent because when you have domestic cats, they just do what they want a lot of times. They will just... My friend's house, at my friend's house, there's their cat often escapes, like, because that person has a catio, and the cat often escapes, and they just do what they want. And also, they still have their wild hunting instincts, because if they didn't have their wild hunting instincts, we wouldn't be buying them cat toys. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and you were right. You hit that right on the head that, you know, when we domesticate a species of animal, we're actually breeding them for behavior. Right. And cats, cats are bred sometimes for aesthetics like purebred cats, but we don't really breed cats for behaviors to work for us. I mean, they started out working for us by doing what they do naturally by eating rodents and keeping those guys away from the the crops. But you're right. I don't think they're fully domesticated. I think they're, uh, I think they're socialized. Maybe (laughs) some of them are socialized. I, I agree. What's, what is your, what's the, one of the best cat facts that you've learned? The most fascinating, surprising thing. Let's say that. What surprised you the most to learn about cats? Probably that the cat's ancestors could climb up and down trees, which the closest thing to the cat and to the ancestor of all cats today is the clouded leopard, which has a lot of its the same traits and it can climb around, climb up and down through the trees and very acrobatic cat lives in Southeast Asia and the East coast of China. Mm -hmm. And do, and do you think, what do you think our cats do at home that mimic their wild cat behavior the most? My cat does the funniest thing where she just has her claws all the way out, her ears back, her eyes wide open at usually at like, 8.30 p.m. and she goes all running around sprinting and jumping like through all the chairs and couches and the little cat highway we have for her and she's just wild. (laughs) Just be like from one platform to another to the floor sprinting up and upstairs and. Now why do you think she's doing that? She's doing that to get her energy out and she wants to play often. Yeah. Yeah. And and so how do you play with her? So my favorite way to play with her is where I'd get a really long toy. She has like a sidewinder toy that she really likes. And I just go around a corner and I just drag it really slowly and she loves it. Yeah, you got that right about going around a corner. I have a lot of people when I, we call that prey play, right? Because the we're trying to make the toy look like her natural prey. Yeah. 
And I have so many people that will tell me, well, my cat, my cat just doesn't do that. My cat won't play with it. And I'm like, well, you're probably not doing it right. Like you have to really play the role of the mouse or the bird. And you got to really act like it and you got to let her catch it and then kind of wiggle it a little bit and act like it might be trying to get away and make it go out of sight because they're so curious when something goes around a corner, they can't stand it. Right. I know. (laughs) We even do that with ourselves. We'll hide around behind the wall and we'll sneak up on her. And sometimes she's the predator, but sometimes she's the prey. Yep. Yep. I do that with mine too. We, we play, we play hide and seek all the time. In fact, if I walk through the room and I make eye contact with him and I just watch him as I'm walking, he knows that. And then I go dart around a corner and he comes and jumps at me and pounces. It's very funny. So now tell me about your cat. Where'd you get your cat? Uh, it's at a local shelter called 10 Lives Club. Oh, and I understand you. What'd you do for your birthday for your shelter? So I decided that because of like, as a main, instead of going to like a fun place local, like get air, I decided might as well just make a donation to the cat shelter where we got our cat. And that's what we did. We Gave them some litter, a bunch of food, and they were very pleased. We actually did it like two years in a row, right? Two years in a row. We had, because of the pandemic, we had parties outside. And then last year we did kind of the same thing. And we decided we have enough things for ourselves. So wouldn't it be cool if everybody just brought a gift, but the gift was for the cats. So that's great. Cats and we brought, or the gifts for the cats and we brought those to the shelter. That's great. I bet that shelter was very appreciative. They were, and they're a great bunch. Yeah. Ten Lives Club. I haven't heard of that one. I'll have to look them up. They're actually, I think, the second largest shelter aside from our local SPCA. Oh, oh, good. That's great. I have a, a shelter behavior training program. I'll reach out to them and let them know you were on the show and tell them about that, too. So that's good. <laughs> That's good. So do you want to be like Jackson Galaxy for your career? I don't know yet, but it's certainly a major option. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That that would be fun. You know, a veterinarian would be awesome, too. Because there's a shortage on those right now, and that's really hard, especially in our shelter communities. So, <laughs> yeah. Tell us what else you learned about cats. So I was learning that sometimes when I, I realized that cats are true carnivores, which is a common misconception that they're omnivores, which a lot of times they're just getting mis- mixed up with dogs. But then I see these cat food brands that say chicken and rice flavored cat food. Um, I'm pretty sure they're, True carnivores, not omnivores. Exactly. That's a huge point. And that's one of the best things that that you can learn about cats is how to feed them right. You know, Um, in fact, we're doing another podcast the week after this one will air about transitioning cats from dry food to wet food. Because I get a lot of people that say, well, my cat won't eat wet food. And like, it has to eat, needs to eat wet food. <laughs> it's very that's, important. 
that's usually us because we've tried like so many brands and we just can't figure it out. And hopefully we'll, we will be able to find a cat food brand that's wet because it is really healthier because a close relative of the domestic cat is the sand cat, which is a wild cat in the Arabian desert. They can live their entire lives, like almost their entire lives, along with leopards, without water. Right. They can just get their moisture from their food. Right. And a lot of times people think kibbles are good for them because their vets say it's good for their teeth. Is that true or is that not true? That's not true. So they say that it's good for their teeth because they're thinking that when they chew it, it, it's rubbing the plaque and tartar off their teeth. But cat's jaws don't move side to side like ours. So they don't really chew. They just move up and down and they're cracking the food and then swallowing it. And it doesn't really come in contact with that part, you know, that upper part of the molar where they're actually getting plaque and tartar. So now that's a myth, unfortunately. There are things, though, you can give your cat that'll help. You know, they can gnaw on things that anything that rubs it. Of course, you can brush their teeth. There's all kinds of um, toothpastes right now that have enzymes in them that will actually eat the bacteria and tartar. And all you have to do is just put it on your finger and rub it on your cat's teeth. And so, you know, especially if you start small, like when they're a kitten getting used to having your finger in their mouth, that's not as big of a deal. So, yeah, they need the moisture a whole lot more than there's any reason to feed them dry food. Now, here's a question for you. So do you know that in the wild, and you're right, before I ask you this, you're absolutely right, that cats genetically, even our house cats, have a very low thirst drive. So when I'm talking to a client and they tell me that their cat eats dry food, but it's okay because they drink a lot of water, I say, well, that's not normal. They're drinking a lot of water because they're so dehydrated and they can't possibly drink enough water to make up for what they're lacking in a moist diet, right? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. real important. So here's a question for you. In the wild, if your cat lived outside in the wild, how many meals would he eat in a day? I know the meals would be very small, so I'm going to estimate about nine. It's a good guess. That's a good guess. They think 10 to 20 small meals a day, right? Because they're snackers. So they like to have just a little bit. Unlike dogs, omnivores like us and dogs, we can we can easily live off two meals a day and it's no big deal. But a cat's got to have a lot of little meals to keep its blood sugar regulated too. I did see something that just the regular sized house mouse adult house mouse is only 35 calories right and with a cat being a carnivore it's going to need a bit more than that so it's going to need a bunch of meals a bunch of small meals 
Yep, exactly. They do. They need a lot of little tiny meals, which makes feeding them a challenge. You know, if we work and we're away from home eight hours a day, they make some very good timers these days with cold packs. And so you can leave and set meals. But I I feed mine about every four hours. I'll, I'll feed him a little bit of food. The other thing, if you have a cat that's addicted to kibble, you give it, you have to get a bunch of different wet canned foods and you give them a little tiny bit as a treat. A lot of times they think, or find a moist treat. I like to use the licking lap. It's a, it's a pink tube and like all cats love this stuff. And so give them a little bit of that as a moist treat, get them used to eating that and then mix in a little tiny bit of cat food with the treat and then give them their dry food meal. And then the next time, give them a little bit more cat food in the in the treat and a little bit more and a little bit more wet and then the dry food. And they'll actually learn that if they finish their wet food, they get their dry food as a reward. And then you can start weaning that off. So sometimes we have to trick cats because do you think cats are smarter than dogs? Um. No, I think they're like about the same. Interesting. Because, well, a lot of people think, oh, yeah, dogs can do 50 tricks when cats can do five. But when you think about it, cats' smarts are different than dog smarts. Dogs are smart at like intelligence and socializing. Cats are smart because they are just, they know how to hunt very well. They're when they're experienced hunters, they know the perfect place to hide in a certain area from the prey so they can catch it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I chose that. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, my cat knows more tricks than most dogs do. It's actually easy to train a cat, but it's different because cats are motivated differently. So dogs... When dogs have evolved, they're pack animals, right? A dog will live in the wild with families and they all have a social place, like a ladder. That's why they say there's an alpha dog and there's a top dog. That's where those terms came from. But in the wild, a cat's a very solitary creature and they're very territorial. So they don't really have all of that social hierarchy like dogs do. So a dog, when it lives in a family with people, it sees everybody in the family as a pack member. And a dog is knows that it's not the alpha dog. Dog sees people as the, as the pack leader. And a dog wants to please the pack leader. That's in its nature. So a dog will do something if it makes you happy. And a dog will not do something if it makes you unhappy with it. Whereas a cat could kind of care less how you feel about what it does. (laughs) So you have to train a cat with a little bit different psychology there to get them to do what you want. We've tried using a clicker and it's been a challenge. So I don't know if some cats are just more apt to learning and some aren't or what the trick is, but we'd be willing to try it. Yeah, I have a good webinar on clicker training cats and it's it's good because they first of all, they're very food motivated. That's the thing. 
So when you're feeding meals, you wait until the cat's really hungry, like right before dinner time, and you get a treat that that cat likes a lot. Again, I like to use the lick and lap because I've used every treat known that's out there. And that's the one that most cats seem to like the most. And you can feed just little bits at a time. And so you get the cat to do something it does naturally, or you lure the cat to an area. One of the things cats do, if you take your finger and you point to the floor, a cat just naturally comes over and touches his nose. So then when he does that, you click immediately when he touches and then you reward, right? So you capture a behavior that the cat does naturally. Then the cat figures out what's going on and the cat thinks it's trained to you. Right. And so the cat's always going to think it's in control and it's the one that trained you. You're not training it. And then if you keep capturing those natural behaviors, then you can start challenging them to do some things that might not be so natural. Neat. Yeah. You'll have to practice that. That's, you know, Jackson Galaxy had a had a whole nonprofit division called Cat Positive Pro. And I was a mentor for that. And we worked with shelters where we would teach the shelter staff and volunteers how to click or train cats in a shelter setting. So it's cool. Yeah. So you, you should, uh, Jackson's got some good tips on clicker training also. Also, he has this famous quote. If you want a dog, get a dog. <laughs> One of his other ones I like, he goes, we tend to look at our cats through dog colored glasses. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's another big one. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. That's a good, and it's so true. We, so, so true. A lot of people will just want to treat a cat like dog and so social and try to train it and they're different. Can you take it for a walk? Sure, but it's going to be way different. Yeah. Because you're going to have to harness train and first you'd probably just let it walk around the yard and just let it sniff around. Also, how would we harness train a cat? Because to make sure my cat is staying like at our at a proper weight level when she gets older and less active, I think it would be good for her to just walk around the yard and explore and get some exercise in the summer. How would we do that? Well, it's because cats are territorial, right? They don't really want to leave home. They're not, they're not excited about leaving home. Whereas dogs are like, yay, let's go for a ride. I want to meet more dogs. I want to meet people. I want to do stuff because that's where my pack is going. Whereas a cat's like, nah, y'all go ahead. I'm good here at the house. I'll be sleep on the couch when you get home. So taking them outside is difficult. If you have a kitten and you can start them off as a kitten to like adventure and trust adventure, it's a little easier, but even then they do get uneasy for the most part about leaving home. So when you, when you train a cat to harness train them, you put the harness on and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, some of them freeze, some of them fall over. There's a lot of funny cat videos about harness training. (laughs) And basically you have to just ignore it and go, I'm sorry. I know it's uncomfortable, but I promise it's not going to kill you. Just get used to it. So you leave it on for about five minutes. 
And then the next time you leave it on for about 10 minutes and you always want to pair anything that's unnatural or uncomfortable with something good, right? So again, because cats are so food motivated, we want to give them a knock your socks off treat while we're putting this harness on them and making them go through that. And then you just gradually let them wear it around the house until they're comfortable. And then you hook the leash on and then open the door and see if they want to go out. Always let it be their idea. Right. Always let the cat feel like it's in control. And if anything scares it and it wants to run back in the house, let it run back in the house. Definitely don't don't make it go on a walk. Yeah. yeah. What did you have other questions for me? Um, is it normal for a cat to not meow at people? Yo, yeah, that and that you should you probably learned through what you've what you're researching in cats is because that's not natural because they're a solitary species. They didn't really talk to each other. They learned how to meow because they saw we reacted to it. Mm-hmm. So they went, ah, people are reacting. When I meow, the person comes over and goes, oh, isn't that cute? Or talks back to me and eventually I might get food for it. So they actually developed vocal language to us. To a cat, body language is a whole lot more important to a cat than, than what they're hearing and seeing. They're, they're watching for another cat's body language to get a read on how are they feeling? Are we going to fight or are we going to be okay with each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our cat doesn't meow at all, really. That's why we ask. She barely has a little whisper almost. And really what she does is she chirps. Yeah. She yeah. chirps and she squeaks. So she's very quiet. <laughs> yeah. Mine is too. And he'll only really talk to me vocally if he wants something. If he's okay. trying to get my attention. You know, probably. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. He he kind of chatter chirps also, but he doesn't have a big voice on him. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was a little strange when we first got her because I had always had cats that meowed. So to have a cat that didn't meow, especially when we brought her home from the shelter in the car, I expected a lot of yowling and meowing. I almost forgot she was back there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. I think a quiet cat is a content cat. So, (laughs) yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Vocalizing sometimes happens as one of the first signs that a cat is sick or uncomfortable or doesn't have a need met in some way because they're trying to get our attention when they're meowing. So I think it's a good sign you're taking good care of them. All right. That's great. Well, we love her. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She greets everybody at the door. That's when, good. When there's other guests in the house, she'll just headbutt them, walk around, have her tail like a question mark, just moving around slightly, which I know it's a sign of happy. But if it's like a hook, very sharp, that means they're very agitated. Yeah. Especially yeah. when it's stiff. Well, she's very confident. So yeah. the foster that she had, I think, did an excellent job with her. Yeah, she had kittens. And she was pregnant when they brought the cat in and after they were given birth and weaned and nursed, she ended up nursing kittens that weren't even hers, which is so nice. Oh, that's good. That's Mm -hmm. good. 
That's great. Well, I'm so glad she's found you and you found her. Do you know what the average lifespan of a cat is? Domestic. If they're outdoors, it's like seven or eight years. And then if it's indoors, it's closer to 15. Yeah. There's cats that are living to 20 nowadays easily. I had an aunt. My aunt's cat was 21 when she finally had to put it down. Uh, You're pretty lucky if you can have a cat that long. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 16's been kind of 16, 17's been my average, even, even feeding them well and making sure they've had good nutrition and healthcare their whole lives. Seems like something sneaks up and gets them. So yeah. Yeah. A funny thing my cat does is if you pet her by surprise and she doesn't know she's about to be pet and she just is completely shocked, she'll go, (laughs) is that like normal for a cat to do that or is it just a react instinct or is it just rare? I think it would be very unlikely that she would not know you're going to pet her, right? Because cats have have really honed senses. They can hear better, smell better. They can't necessarily see better. They can see better in dim light than we can. But but they know when you're right behind them. They can smell you coming, even if they can't hear you coming, right? So the chances of her really not knowing are probably unlikely. And she probably does it because she knows you like it. (laughs) She knows you like it when she makes that cute little noise. Maybe she just doesn't expect it at that certain moment. It could be. Maybe it's until she comes back around. Yeah, it could be. It could be just like a, ah, you know. (laughs) Surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have any other cat facts that you want to share? Um, there is one that, you know how, like, cats have that primordial pouch? Yes. That's usually, that's usually just normal for them. That, that doesn't mean they're fat, right? No. Overweight? No, it doesn't. That's, that's normal for all cats to have a, a little bit of loose skin over their abdomen because that that protects their organs when they're in fights and things like that because that's a real vulnerable spot for them we call that the belly sway in our house (laughs) yes yes there there is less belly sway if you're feeding a natural diet right a moist diet because there's that is also just like us where carbs tend to gather And so they'll be in a cat that's fed more animal protein than they build lean muscle. And a cat that's not, that's fed more of a carb-based diet, of course, is going to put on a little more body fat than a cat that's eating animal protein. Are there any human foods that we could give our cat as long as they're unseasoned and, you know, no spices? You could, like I give deli turkey as a treat. Okay. We've done that as long as it doesn't have any like seasoning or anything. But it's always a good idea to keep it inside of the meat category. Yes. Because that's, 
as close as it can be to their natural diet, same food group, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And you wouldn't want to feed like meals of human food, but treats of human food are, are good, like boiled chicken, you know, and there's a lot of raw, a lot of people that prepare raw food themselves at home for cats. I I think there's enough commercial diets out there. If you were going to feed raw, that that's probably an easier, safer handling way. Um, But yeah, you can deli turkeys, great deli chicken, canned tuna that's packed in the, in either oil or water. All of that's fine. Like you said, without seasonings, because they do, they're very sensitive to seasonings. Right. Ours loves the water of the tuna cans. Yes. Yeah. That's always good to, you know, if you're feeding moist food to add that to the moist food too, when you open a can of turkey or chicken, a lot of them like the canned chicken also. Okay. I didn't even think of that. And Oracle will just squeak for it. We'll say, Oracle, what do you say? And then after like two tries, she'll be like, "Eh." and she'll do (laughs) squeak and we'll give it to her. We assume she's saying, please. You're training your cat. There you go. You've got it trained perfectly. Yeah. She's got us trained too. (laughs) Let's not be foolish here, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. so you're training her yeah good job well thank you for coming on the show today thank you for having us it wasn't really planned but it was kind of exciting when you reached out so it was a really cool opportunity yeah yeah well I know everybody will be delighted to hear your information you have on cats and and cat traits. We really appreciate you sharing all that knowledge with us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to look forward to you being the next Jackson galaxy. (laughs) Oh, watch out Jackson. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you everybody for tuning in to cat talk radio today. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.